step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leech Report or email leechreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. Welcome into the program here from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. And coming up today, we will visit with Kyle Tucker from The Athletic and uh, talk some UK football and basketball topics. Chris Fisher from catspaws.com as well. And glad that you are on board with us as we roll into the Wildcat news of this day. Starts with Mark Stoops talking to the media yesterday. Uh, He was not slated to appear at the post-practice media session. And usually when he does unexpectedly show up, it's not good news. But this time, maybe it was just he uh, not going to be available at the regular time later this week. I would be my guess, and so he's going ahead and talking now. Or maybe he just felt so good that he wanted to get out there and talk about him. Anyway, he did say he feels good about this team and what he's seeing. Uh, didn't talk about uh, quarterbacks. Just said, you know, all the guys are doing well. Uh, they don't want to, uh, and you know, they. It's not that they don't want to take a stand yet um and that they really know who it's going to be they may think but i keep saying that they've got to get through uh, a little more of a few more of the practices and especially uh, a scrimmage a big scrimmage probably coming up on saturday and then opinions get solidified um, but at this point it's uh, you know strong lean perhaps and i think a lot of people believe will levis is going to be the quarterback I think we'll have a lot clearer uh, sense of it after some things leak out with what happens on Saturday, whether it's Will or, or Joey Gatewood or somebody, you know, really um, making a move this weekend. Uh, speaking of making a moves, Isaiah Cummings did that from wide receiver to tight end, and Stoop said he's really impressed with how Cummings has looked so far in that new role. Said he's quote very natural, surprisingly. And we talked about this with Larry Vaught yesterday. Kind of feels a lot like the Jacob Tammy move. Uh, back after at the end of his sophomore year for Kentucky, that he just became a, an ideal fit at that tight end position, and maybe the same thing will happen for Isaiah, where he becomes you know one of the uh, the faster tight ends, and they, you know they're, they're going to have I think you know Justin Rigg is a different tight end than Isaiah Cummings, and Brendan Bates probably somewhere in the in the middle between those two on the spectrum, and they'll have some. Some versatility. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this offense looks like uh, once they put it into game situations next month with uh, the the types of, of plays they run and also just the, the types of sets and uh, motions and what all that they do to try to confuse defenses. Uh, one position change has been announced. Michael Drennan moving to running back 
he played running back in high school, but was recruited here as a wide receiver. But uh, John Settle, who was then the running backs coach at Wisconsin, uh, he told KSR he was recruiting Drennan as a running back to Wisconsin. Settle, of course, is now here as the running backs coach. And Drennan uh, probably shouldn't be surprised, given that history is moving to running back. And also, I think in this offense, um, he can be maybe a Darren Sproles type of uh, of player where he can be a, an effective runner in spot situations, but very effective coming out of the backfield and catching the football out in space. Um, you know, A.J. Rose uh, finished up after last season, had the big bowl game. A.J. was a really good pass catcher and I think might have, have thrived here. I was always surprised they didn't throw the ball to him more. And I think the running backs are going to get thrown to more uh, in this new offense. The USA Today coaches poll is out. First one, Bama's at the top. Uh, three teams that Kentucky will see in successive weeks in October are ranked in the top 13. Georgia's fifth, Florida's 11th, LSU 13th. Kentucky got 20 votes, which effectively puts them at 37th in the national rankings. Congrats to our friend T.J. Beisner. He's leaving his role in uh, JMI Sports to join John Calipari's coaching staff as the Director of Player Development for Kentucky Men's Basketball. He'll assist players with name, image, and likeness uh, topics and, and issues and player branding and those types of things. And uh, I think you'll see a lot of programs make hires like this in, in this kind of role. And uh, Cal could not have found a, a better guy for uh, handling this because uh, he's really creative thinker and uh, can can come up with some good ideas for these guys uh, to help them maximize the uh, the NIL. Saturday down south ranked the top 25 players in the Southeastern Conference. Two Wildcats on that list. Chris Rodriguez at number 15, Darian Kennard at number 5. They make a note in talking about Chris that how could a guy who's uh, – never started uh, be ranked in on a list like this and that that is an interesting note because of um, you know where he uh, he worked his way up the depth chart kind of got in the doghouse a couple of years ago at the start of the season with a fumble and had to play his way out of there has never started a game the uh, you would assume he'll start that first one against Louisiana Monroe so that would be his first start Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws will lead off today. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic a little bit later on. It's the Leach Report. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Return, refresh, and refuel. One of the 67 Clark's locations all across Kentucky, including the newest one in downtown Lexington, right across from the Rupp Arena construction on Main Street, corner of Main and Felix. Our Sunday morning show guys here in Lexington do the show down there every Sunday. So stop by to see them at the newest Mark's Pump and Shop. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. It's the Leach Report for Wednesday. We go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on Chris Fisher from catspaws.com. See a note here on uh, Twitter, some breaking news, Chris. The number two point guard in the class of 22, Jay-Zian Gordman, will bypass college and sign a deal with Overtime Elite. 
So we've got uh, the G League, you got uh, Overtime uh, Elite, um, you've got other professional options out there, and then you've got colleges and the NILs. So uh, nobody, I don't think, probably has a pretty good handle on how it's all going to shake out yet, do they? No, I don't think anybody has their arms completely around this thing. And which way it's going to go, I, I do expect the professional options to continue to be a, a thorn in the side for Kentucky and other, uh, you know, blue blood programs recruiting these elite athletes. Uh, I think the NIL is going to even the playing field a little bit. There were reports that uh, Jalen Duran was offered two million dollars uh, by one of the professional leagues and turn that down to go to memphis so that says a lot about um how he feels about his potential earning power at memphis and uh, like i said i think that's going to even the playing field for colleges and give them a, a fighting chance against some of these professional leagues and when you look at the way uh the staff is constructed i think Orlando Antigua, Chin Coleman, Jay Lucas, those guys are going to be tasked with knowing, okay, which guys are leaning towards going the professional route, which guys want to go to college, and and, and sorting all of that out and uh, providing the blueprint and the roadmap for which guys Kentucky is going to you know invest time and effort in recruiting. And Monty Bates going to Memphis too, do you think? Uh. I would say that's probably the most likely uh, destination for him to team up with uh, with Jalen Duran there. I think Oregon is in the mix as well, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, take one of the uh, professional routes as well. That's been long uh, rumored with him, even dating back to his days as a Michigan State commit. Do have you? We heard where um, the the money is is coming from for the guys going to memphis like duran and and bates i mean is it you know so do they have that great a social media following that they're gonna you know score in nil deals there or are they both going to be spokesmen for fedex yeah you know um i'm not exactly sure i mean obviously um those social media followings will uh will, will help those guys and you know jalen duran being the the face of that program, I think, obviously will will make a big difference. But in some ways, NIL hasn't been the game changer that I thought it would to this point. It, it, you know, a lot of people felt like the floodgates would open on July the first, but we've seen some NIL deals here and there. But I think nothing really, you know, groundbreaking or or earth moving. You have you know Quinn Evers who's enrolling at Ohio State and. Um, He's been high profile, and Nick Saban threw out the seven figures for um, Royce Young, the the quarterback down there. But to this point, I haven't seen really much of anything that made me take a step back and say, "Whoa, this guy's gonna you know kill it with nil." And so, like your first point, it's it, it remains to be seen where this is going to go and what it's going to look like. Talking with Chris Fisher from uh, Catspaws dot com here on this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. Um, Let's uh, shift gears to a, a little football, and then we'll come back to some recruiting stuff. Um, media day last Friday, then uh, fan day now. A few practices uh, are in the books leading up to what will be, uh, I would assume, the first big scrimmage this Saturday. Um, what's your take on what you've heard slash seen thus far? You know, I think you would have to start with some of the uh, the position changes. Isaiah Cummings moving from wide receiver to tight end. 
Uh, Michael Drennan, they announced yesterday, moving from receiver to running back. It feels like Kentucky has a ton of young talent in the program that feel like they're poised to emerge this season. There have been some guys that you know have been around for a while, Darian Kennard and Josh Paschal and Yusef Corker and those guys that have been firmly established. But I really feel like we're going to see a, an influx of new talent on the field for Kentucky. And I think it's a matter of, okay, which guys – uh, start to separate themselves and, and, ha- and how and where do they fit in with this new offense. I think Michael Drennan is a true uh, tweener type. He's a, extremely talented, but um, kind of caught right in the middle between wide receiver and, and running back. And if you look at the way Liam Cohen wants to use those running backs catching the balls out of the backfield, I think that's an absolutely perfect fit. Uh, for him if there's a lot of uh, competition there kind of at that slot receiver position so I'll be interested to see what he can do and then you have Rashawn Lewis the the walk-on wide receiver making a name for himself with two big catches on on Saturday and so uh, a lot of questions to be answered but um, it'll be interesting to to see how uh, how that plays out as far as throwing and, and catching the football. I talked yesterday about uh, watching Benny Snell in the first couple of scrimmages when he was a freshman. And as good as he looked, it still took him about three games to to move beyond special teams and uh, crack the, you know, get, get into games, produce, and then crack the rotation. And so you make a good point about the, the young guys. There's, I mean, you know, Chris Rodriguez will get his touches, and, you know, Wandale Robinson, Josh Ali are, I think, proven commodities at this level. And then there's a whole bunch of guys, and they're not all going to get that many touches, whether it's, you know, um, you know, Smoke and Lavelle Wright and Jatan McLean and uh, Travis Tisdale and Michael Drennan and Isaiah Cummings and Tay-Tay Crooms and Rajon Lewis and um, DeKal Kravis. And I'm, you know, missing a few names, but just throwing a lot of names out there that have been mentioned or flashed in some way or another. And they, they with one football, they can't all, all get it as much as they like. And it's going to it'd be interesting to see how it shakes out of, you know, who produces once they uh, get, in the, get their chance in the game and gets, you know, works into a rotation. Yeah, I think a lot is still to be determined um, in training camp as, as far as, you know, like, like Liam Cohen said, who is ready to step in and contribute in an SEC football game. And I, I'm sure he wants to spray the ball around and distribute it to as many guys as possible. But like you said, there's there's only one football and so many touches to uh, to go around. I think that's the fun part uh, about training camp. The bit, one of the big question marks going into last season was, you know, who replaces Chris Oates at linebacker? And all of a sudden, Jamin Davis, you know, comes out of nowhere, grabs the reins of, of that position and plays himself into a first round draft pick. So to me, that's always one of the fun storylines to watch during training camp is the new guys and uh, who's going to emerge and, and make a name for themselves. Chris Fisher's with us from catspaws.com. Uh, we'll be right back and continue the discussion after this break. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Chris coming to us on the Drink Sword. Dot com hotline. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the big blue at TomLeachKY.com. 
We're chatting with Chris Fisher from CatsPaws.com. It's at ChrisFisher247 on Twitter. He joins us on Wednesdays here on the Leach Report. Uh, let's talk a little college basketball recruiting. Uh, Casey Wallace the guy that recently picked up an offer from Kentucky. And I saw a tweet from you where you think Texas is now going to become more of a player in his recruitment. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you look at uh, Keontae George, the top-ranked shooting guard in the 2022 class, recently committed to Baylor. I think Texas, for a long time, thought they had him locked up, uh, along with uh, fellow five-star Texas guard Arterio Morris there in their backcourt. And all of a sudden, the winds kind of shift late in that recruitment, and, and he chooses Baylor. And so with, with Keontae George to Baylor, I would expect Texas to – uh, really make Case and Wallace a priority over the next month, try to get him on campus for an official visit. And I think they'll be uh, right there in the mix with uh, with Kentucky and, and Tennessee for his services. But uh, Case and Wallace was definitely one of the breakout players of the summer, had a really, really good two weeks at the EYBL and, and Peach Jam and, and definitely uh, solidified himself as, as one of the best two-way guards in the 2022 class. I guess an even bigger breakout performer this year has been Derek Lively, and uh, you uh, note that he has moved to the top in the 24-7 sports rankings for the class of 22. Yeah, with uh, with Jalen Duran and Imani Bates now in 2021, he takes over that top spot, and I think he's very deserving of that. There aren't many seven-footers that can uh, run and, and jump and uh, have the offensive skill set that he does, and that's not even mentioning the uh, game-changer that he is defensively. Averaged five blocks per game in the Nike EYBL session and uh, helped lead Team Final to its first-ever uh, Peach Jam championship. He's established himself as one of the top targets on Kentucky's uh, recruiting board, took an official visit in June, and I really like where Kentucky – uh, stands with him. I think they'll have a really, really good shot. Uh, missed out on Jalen Duran as in number one overall in 2022. He goes to 2021, and now I think in, between Lively and Shaden Sharp, I think Kentucky will have a, a really good chance of, of signing the number one overall player uh, for the first time since New Orleans Noel. And maybe one and two, right? Could be, yeah. The uh, you look at the way the 2021 class shook out. You know, taking four transfers. I think a lot of people looked at that as kind of a you know a changing of the guard and Kentucky focusing more on uh, transfers and things like that but I fully expect them to go back to business as usual and uh, when you look at the way the 2022 class is shaping up with Shaden Sharp and Derek Lively and Kaysen Wallace and uh, Nick Smith and uh, Sky Clark already in the fold Kentucky's poised to land a monster monster class in 2022 and uh, you could be looking at five or six of the top 20 guys in that class and uh, really speaks to the job that uh, Orlando Antigua, Chen Coleman, and, and Jay Lucas have done to this point. Chris, thanks much. All right, thanks. Chris Fisher joining us on Wednesdays here on the Leach Report. Halfway home, Kyle Tucker from The Athletic coming up next. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Coming to you from the Clark's Pop and Shop studio. It's the Leach Report for Wednesday, and that's when Kyle Tucker joins us from theathletic.com on the drinksword.com hotline. Kyle, it's uh, how, how far along are the uh, the twins on the, the school plan? I can't remember their ages. 
They are in preschool, and I am on. We are on our second uh, preschool shutdown for COVID in the last two weeks. So, oh. <laughs> found woke up to that news this morning. So, well, uh, that's yep, that's where they are. They're four and a half. I couldn't remember if it was uh, first grade time yet. I thought it was a little early for that. So, uh, well, good luck. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, let's start with a little Kentucky uh, football since we got practice underway over the weekend and fan day and media day and all of that. Um, you know, you did a uh, an in depth piece on Kentucky football with uh, with Stoops back earlier this year. If Kentucky overperforms in in the way that people in the program and the fans would hope what would that script look like i think it probably looks like will levis being a terrific quarterback you know or you know i would say at least a league average quarterback um who can get the ball down the field and some of these wide receivers you know making plays um and i think to that end while you don't want to overreact to an early you know practice or early open you know session for the fans some of what came out of that fan day where folks were able to see Levis kind of uncork. They were able to see some some speed in that wide receiver group and guys go up and make plays. In fact, a guy that was a walk-on, uh, Ray Lewis's um, son, you know, I think that that's all got to be pretty encouraging. And I think, you know, in, a, in the bigger picture beyond what people were able to see, you know, talking to folks in the program, I, I think they are excited about already about what they've seen from Will Levis, and then you even heard uh, Vince Merrow yesterday, you know, say, "Hey, you know, we got good guys. There's, it's a it's a improved room all across the board." But you know, Will Levis kind of pops when you see him throw the ball, and I, I think that's that's pretty obvious that he's got about as much arm talent as anybody that we've seen come here to play quarterback in the last, you know, in the Stoops era. Um, and that's a start. I mean, he's obviously got to dial in his accuracy and all those things. But I think when you combine sort of glimpses of what, what we've seen of the strength of that arm with flashes of what we saw in games, and that that's very important, that he you know he played significant snaps in the Big Ten. Um, if you watch that Nebraska game, which when I talked to Liam Cohen for that piece you're talking about this summer, that's what he kept going back to. Like, you know, I'm watching the plays that he made plays that 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 he made it wasn't just you know here's a guy operating a system you know he's scrambling out of sacks and throwing on the run and you know he can do that um and with that arm he can he can make some ridiculous throws in even in bad body position so um i think when you combine all those things and what what you're hearing what what i'm hearing from people and what they're saying publicly it all kind of lines up to they they feel very hopeful that that quarterback position is much improved um, and that there are some playmakers in that wide receiver group um, and the speed to, to maybe beat some people over the top. And when you combine that with the fact that, you know, if they can run the ball the way Kentucky has run the ball, that's not a given with the new offensive line, and new offensive line coach and uh, new scheme and spacing and all those things, it's not a given. But if they can run the ball the way they've run it and then you factor in a guy who can – throw it 80 yards down the field and, and some fast receivers who can run under it, that opens up some big-time play-action possibilities and some, you know, you lull them to sleep with the run and hit them with something they hadn't seen from Kentucky in a while, the forward pass. So, to me, it really is all about that. If they're going to overperform, if they're going to be even better than expected um, nationally, it'll be because 
that passing offense has given them another dimension. Yeah, that uh, would certainly uh, seem to make sense. Uh, Jared Lorenzen's the guy that probably in my time following Kentucky football has had the strongest arm. Um, I've said this before. There was a throw he made the game. It was like in 2001 against LSU, not the Bluegrass Miracle Games. The year before, uh, I believe, the year before where they rallied um, and uh, got in a position to, to nearly win a game. He threw a, a ball post pattern to Aaron Boone, uh, and it was a really windy day, and it was about a 30, 35-mile-per-hour wind, and he threw a dart and hit Boone on a sliding catch on a post pattern in the end zone. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm eager to see Will Levis's arm you know, in action now, too, and just to kind of evaluate it on, on that spectrum. Uh, but it's one thing to have the, the strong arm. You've also got to be able to put it in the right spot, too, and make the right decisions about yeah. you know who you're throwing to. Yeah, and that's you know that'll be the thing uh, that everybody be watching for. You know, and the thing is too about about him, about the passing offense, about all the hope about it. It doesn't have to be you know they don't have to be um, you know LSU, <laughs> Joe Burrow, LSU. Right. They don't have to throw for 400 yards a game. If you remember back to when they really broke through as a program, the early the early days of Stephen Johnson when he was like kind of came out of nowhere before injuries just ravaged him the one thing they could do with him was hit the deep ball i mean it was almost mm-hmm. uncanny how they could hit the deep ball i mean they didn't he couldn't hit the he couldn't hit a tight end drag in the middle to save his <laughs> life uh but he could hit the deep ball and you know jeff bedette helps with that and, and garrett johnson i think if you have those two guys on this roster you'd feel like kentucky might light it up but um they had some guys who could go get it but that was that was a constant threat um, before again, before Stephen Johnson got hurt and the passing game began the slow decline where there was no passing game at Kentucky, they didn't throw it all over the yard, but they hit those home runs two or three times a game, um, and that's a huge deal. I mean, it changes how they defend the run. It, it you know you get these huge chunk plays that give you a chance to to go score points, and um, I think if you could just be in that position, it's an upgrade. I, I totally agree. I think uh, if you can just hit that level, it's it's a significant move, and the farther you can get above that, uh, the better better it looks. Talk with Kyle Tucker from theathletic.com. See a special still going on, the 50% discount? No, it ended yesterday. Ended yesterday. All right. Well, uh, still a great time, as always, to subscribe to The Athletic or do what Mike Pratt and I have done and uh, give it to a gift for somebody for a birthday or uh, Christmas later this year. Kyle Tucker's with us at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH on Twitter. We'll come back and continue in just a moment here on The Leach Report for this Wednesday. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Quarter before the top of the hour on the Leach Report, we're visiting with Kyle Tucker. You can read him at theathletic.com. UK coach John Calipari announced a new hire yesterday. Our friend TJ Beisner is going to be the director of player development for Kentucky basketball. I think this kind of position is going to show up frequently across college basketball and, and football, too, in the wake of name, image, and likeness. But that's a great hire, it looks like, right? Yeah. As I tweeted yesterday, it's a good thing happening to a very good guy. Um, TJ is, is, you know, he was one of us for a, a long time in the media. Uh, and and I've, I've 
always considered him maybe the most creative guy he uh, had when he had the TV show. Uh, he always had a, a very fun way of eliciting interesting responses from guys, especially guys who didn't want to talk. The one question was they uh, for Isaiah Briscoe was one that I will never forget because he just kind of decided he didn't want to talk anymore that year. <laughs> and so TJ kind of openly acknowledged that and said, I'm only going to ask you one question and I'll leave you alone. And that was always some absurd thing that made him laugh. Um, and so, yeah, TJ's a, a smart guy, a creative guy. Um, he's been sort of on the periphery of the program in this role uh, that he's been in. And, and because of that, I shouldn't say on the periphery, because he really has been an integral part of their program, even even before he was officially on the staff, uh, interacting with uh, with the coaches over there. Um, but now he's officially on the staff. It's a cool story because he's a guy who kind of took a chance on even getting into the media, and now he's uh, on on the staff at Kentucky. Um, you know, in the span of a decade. But he get, it gives them an opportunity for people that don't know TJ. I, I think it really does give them an opportunity um, in recruiting to, um, and once they're actually on, on campus, but certainly in recruiting to sit down with somebody who they're going to understand. Um, pr- probably right away is a good idea person is going to um, you know have their best interests uh, in mind and help them sort of shape um, everything about this new world of, of your brand and your image and that's always been something Kentucky's cared about and been concerned about and, and helped these players with because when you're dealing with guys that are going to be pros it's got to be part of your curriculum in the first place but it's never been more important um, in practice once they're on campus, but especially uh, it, you, you absolutely have to have a presentation in recruiting um, across the board from John Calipari's mouth, the assistant coach's mouth, to the support staff, and you, and you, want, it, and you want to hear and know as a parent and as a kid that's interested in this, you know, that there's a dedicated um, department basically uh, to this. It can't be a throw-in. It's got to be a focus now for every major program, football, basketball, and, and other sports, I think, too. Um, and so this was a, go- a good move by Cal, one, to create the position, and I think, two, just the person that he put in it um, really fits in my mind. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like when players do uh, post-game media opportunities now. Number one, it, it will be instead of the you know, whether you know people in sports information or whatever instead of you know trying to drag somebody out there the the player mentality is do i have to do media it'll be do i get to do for some of them uh and they should look at yeah. it that way you know when the player comes out to talk with mike pratt on our network after the game you're talking about you know an opportunity of tens of thousands of people listening and thousands a uh, few thousand people sitting there a captive audience some of whom own and run businesses with money to spend right. that will be listening and watching you there, and it's an opportunity. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of them, you know, take advantage of it. Over the years, Mike's had to, you know, it's been a struggle in some of those interviews to get guys to talk. Some guys, you know, that 20 team were, were great, you know, Quickly and uh, Nick Richards and, uh, you know, really engaging guys. And it'll pay off for, for them the, the better they are at it. I can't wait to see if, on like in your situation, when you get a guy right after the game who's had the big game, if we get like a NASCAR type thing, like like uh, I got to tell you the uh, <laughs> the Chevrolet 
the Chevrolet sneakers were really uh, really running <laughs> hot today. <laughs> I want to want to thank all the folks at uh, Clark's Pump and Shop. Uh, you know it, that'll that'll be really interesting to see how that develops too. Like, I mean, are, are we going to get like product placement in? Uh, we, we, we've we've become so accustomed to it with like coaches the the Coke bottle or the Diet Coke or Coke Zero bottle on the podium for the coaches. But like, is that is that a thing now? That in, you know, individual guys are going to um, be slipping into this stuff. It, it, it's a it's a brave new world. But but yeah, you better have somebody in charge of that and helping guys navigate it and, and so kentucky does now one story i think that's going to uh come up over the course of the season kentucky was involved to whatever level with jalen duran and kofi coburn and uh duran picks uh, memphis and um coburn ends up staying at, at illinois after coming out of the draft and uh, you can you know choose to believe whatever you believe in terms of you know i, I think you and i pro both probably think that Kentucky could have had him uh, if they had wanted the f- you know the the first time Oscar Shibway gets in foul trouble or twisted ankle or whatever uh, that that story will will pop up from time to time unless they win every game by twenty like Al always says yep. and um, so it's gonna it's gonna be a, a storyline but I, I look at at Coburn a little bit like Duran they you know they took the shot and uh, didn't get him but with with Coburn. It, it just feels like he was a guy that uh, maybe they didn't see as a as a fit. They didn't go to the point of you know having him in for a visit or anything, because if you get him, he was going to slow you down because you you know he was he was worth waiting for to to use in your offense, but you weren't going to be able to play the the way you expected. And the other thing was probably people if you watch that Loyola game, you you saw some real struggles defending pick and roll out on the floor. So uh, I have to I assume that th- those were significant considerations what about what do you think that yeah absolutely and i would i mean i have a piece coming out i think it'll be later today just on okay now the roster's set here's kind of what i'm hearing about these this team and talking to several people around the program i would just say that i i I do believe there was there was significant concern about messing up what they feel like has been good chemistry this summer um you know, you've, you've had your whole group of guys here. They're here for several weeks. They're working out together. They're playing together. They're practicing together. They're hanging out together. They they see themselves as a fully formed team, and everybody on it feels like they've got enough. In fact, some are probably already wondering, like, how do I? How am I going to scratch out minutes if there's this many guys at my position? Um, and if you add anybody this late in the process, um, it's it is a threat to that chemistry and people can roll their eyes at that if they want. But like, I mean, it's a real question. People, people were asking, you know, you know, some of our national writers at the athletic, when it was all, when everybody kind of assumed Kofi was going to come to Kentucky because of the Antigua and Chen connection, a couple of our national writers were saying like, does this make sense? Like why, why would either party do this? Because it, it crowds the situation at Kentucky instead of being, able to fully showcase yourself and be the guy at illinois for kofi you you're going to go have to you know scratch and claw yourself you know it's not like it's not like oscar shibway was a is a pushover who doesn't deserve any minutes um and you don't you don't you don't just bury that guy on the bench either so um yeah i think there's definitely a valid argument to be made that while in almost any other circumstance you don't turn down an all-american seven-footer 
I understand that. Uh, this is not a normal circumstance. I mean, Kentucky has stacked its roster with guys, veteran guys. They've got over 13,000 minutes played in college and the nine guys who are college veterans on this team, not to mention three quality recruits. And, you know, how much is too much? I do think that's a valid question. And then the other piece of it is, you know, if this, if they had wrapped up this roster and not, and, and, uh, Kofi Coburn and Jalen Duran had not been even available, there would have been no question that they won the offseason, that Calipari had done everything you had wanted, you had wanted him to do as a frustrated fan base. He'd address with those guys never being on the market and, and everyone would be happy and there would be nothing but excitement. There wouldn't be this, yeah, but, and, but there is now. Um, and my only answer to that beyond what we've talked about with the big guys that they didn't get is it, I'm just telling you their recruiting is doing just fine. Uh, the 2020 class, the 2020 recruiting class for Kentucky is going to be, a, I would guess, as, about as good as any Cal has signed. 2022, year. you mean? I'm sorry, what did I say, 2020? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 20, the 2022 class um, is going to be terrific. I mean, Derek Lively now in the two, 247 rankings is number one in the class with Bates and Duran reclassifying. Uh, Shaden Sharp is top ten. Uh, Adam Bona, I think it's Adim, Adam, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on his name. The big man is number seven. Sky Clark is already committed at 13. Uh, Kaysen Wallace is 17. That's, that's five top 20 guys. That I would, I would consider Kentucky the favorite to get, if not locks to get on some of them, um, and that's a ridiculous class. I mean, three of those are top ten players, um, and and the number one player, the current number one player, they are going to do just fine in recruiting, um, and so I think people wanted to see that early splash. They wanted to see the immediate recruiting payoff of Orlando and Chin, which would have been you know, pull your connections to get Kofi Coburn or flex your muscle and, and go get the number one guy at the time, uh, Jalen Duran. Um, but I think with a slightly, there will be slightly de- delayed gratification there, but it, but it will be gratification. Th- those guys are going to pay off. They are going to sign, uh, I would say, the number one recruiting class in 2022, uh, barring something crazy. That, that's where this is headed. Kyle, thanks much. Talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you. You can read them at theathletic.com, including that upcoming story maybe later today. We'll be right back. Close it out in just a moment. A couple of Wildcat birthdays today. Kevin Knox celebrating a birthday. <coughs> Excuse me. Dickie Lyons Sr., one of the all-time most versatile Kentucky football players. Got to get overlooked because he played on uh, teams that didn't win much. But uh, Dickie Lyons Sr. was something special. Congrats to Sean Jelly. Former Wildcat picked up his first win in his first start at the AAA level with the Sacramento River Cats. So congrats to uh, Sean, just one level away from making it to the show. And Isaiah uh, Jackson, 13-12 and 12 for the Pacers in the Summer League last night. We'll see you tomorrow. The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.